Welcome to the Mastery Over Money podcast. My name is Michael Kim, and I'm a wealth coach, future CPA, and creative at heart. My mission is to help young professionals such as yourself have mastery over your money and start living a life of financial freedom. Not only will I teach you how to save, invest, make, and maximize your money, but I'll also transform the way that you think about it. At the end of the day, money management is a skill. And when you have mastery over it, you can create anything. Are you ready? Awesome. Let's dive in. Hello. Welcome to episode number two of the Mastery Over Money podcast. I hope you're enjoying this podcast and that you're learning how to think differently about money. So in episode one, we learned that money management is just a skill. And when you have mastery over it, you can overcome any obstacle or curveball that is thrown your way and still come up on top. If you haven't watched it yet, I'd recommend to go back because today's episode builds upon this concept. In this episode, I'll be talking about exactly what skills you need to become a master of your money. So everyone always asks me investing questions like, hey Michael, how much should I invest in? Or exactly what should I invest in? And the reason why these questions are so common is because many people think that investing is a missing puzzle piece that will solve all of their financial problems. They think it will solve their problems with their student debt, allow them to buy a house, retire early, and so on. But in reality, investing is just one piece of the puzzle, and there are four other pieces that you're probably neglecting. So investing alone will not solve all of your financial problems. And that's why today, I'll be sharing the five pillars that you need to master your money. And just a little secret, the most important pillar is the last one I'll be mentioning today. So make sure to stick till the end. You ready? Let's get started. The first pillar to master your money is to know how to save. A lot of people want to jump ahead. They want to learn how to invest or make more money without first knowing how to save their money. I had a student who worked extremely hard at her job because she felt like she needed to get a raise to pay for her bills. And eventually, after many all-nighters and unpaid overtime, she eventually got her 10% raise. But what ended up happening is that her living expenses also increased accordingly. Because she was working so hard and was constantly stressed, she felt like she deserved to do more shopping and have more spa days. So at the end of the day, she was in the exact same financial situation, but just a bit more tired. So it's important to know how to save money before trying to invest or try to make more money. Although saving is important, it's equally important to know how to spend your money. I grew up in a very frugal household. My grandparents on my mom's side grew up as orphans in Mauritius which is a small island near Madagascar. And the only way to survive was to be extremely frugal and careful with their money. As a result, my mom adopted these habits around money, and so did I. I was constantly told to never spend money and to always save it just in case. Now, I became really good at saving money, but almost too good where it became unhealthy. 
In the summer after my first year of university, I went to Poland all by myself for a two-month internship. This was the first time I was alone in a country without a cafeteria since I lived in residence in my first year of university. And when it came to food, I didn't want to spend money on pots and pans because I thought it was a waste of money since I was only in Poland for two months, right? So literally, for the first two weeks I was in Poland, I starved myself. I couldn't cook because I didn't have any pots and pans. I ate out one meal per day and I slept as much as possible to conserve my energy. I would rather starve and deteriorate my body than spend 20 to $30 on pots and pans just so I could save a bit of money. And I realized as I laid starving in my bed that something needed to change or else I wouldn't make it back to Canada. So eventually, I came to my senses and I decided to go out and buy some pots and pans and cook myself some delicious pasta with Polish sausages. That was literally the only thing I knew how to make, but it was quite good. So this is the other extreme end of the saving spectrum, and we don't want that either. We want to have a healthy balance between spending and saving money. How I like to see it is that our ultimate objective in life is to be happy. When we spend money, we are happy today. And when we save money, we are happy in the future. That's why we need a healthy balance between saving and spending money because we want to be happy both now and in the future. That's why learning how to save and spend your money is a first pillar to master your money. The second pillar to master your money is to invest. Let's break down what it means to actually invest your money. Well, investing is when you use cash to buy assets that will grow in value. And assets are anything of value that you own. So it's important to differentiate the difference between saving and investing. A mistake that a lot of people make is that they think they are investing when they are actually saving. For example, money in your high interest savings account is cash. Cash is not an investment. Cash does not grow. Another thing that I see is that they hold cash in their TFSA or their RSP. Your cash is still cash and it's still not growing even if it is in your TFSA or RSP. For Americans, this is your 401k or Roth IRA equivalents. When you invest your money, you are spending it. You're using your cash that you saved to purchase assets that you hope will increase in value in the future. Investing is very important because the world is against you. Inflation is the increase of goods and services, and on average, inflation is around 2% per year. That means your food at the grocery store, rent, etc. are actually increasing by at least 2% each year. So if you leave your money in cash at a 0% interest rate, your money is actually decreasing in value every single year. One of my friends was telling me that her parents keep a bunch of cash under the sofa. And what I told her was that you probably shouldn't be telling people this. And also, this cash is not safe because it's actually decreasing in value. 
The objective of investing is to invest in certain assets that give you a greater return than just 2%. So it not only covers the negative effects of inflation, but your money is actually growing. The reason why you invest your money is so that you can purchase assets that increase in value so that when you need the money in the future, you can sell it at a higher price than what you bought it for. And then you can use it to achieve whatever financial goal that you want, whether if that's buying a house or for retirement. So for example, let's take a look at Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I loved playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Now, some cards are not so great investments. They are very common and the price never increases or even decreases. But some cards are amazing investments. These cards are extremely rare. And because of that, as time passes, the price of the cards continue to increase. There are some Yu-Gi-Oh card collectors who literally research and buy rare cards that they believe will increase in value. And in a few years, they sell them at a higher price. So even Yu-Gi-Oh cards can be seen as an investment. You can invest in a lot of things. You can invest in real estate, luxury goods, collectible paintings, and what you're probably most familiar with is stocks, also known as shares. So stocks typically represent ownership in a company. For example, if Apple has 100 shares and you own 10 of those shares, you now own 10% of Apple. The goal in stock investing is that you want to buy stocks when they are at a low price. And the hope is that as the business grows, so will the stock price. So if you purchase a share at $100 and in a few years you sell it at $500, well, simple math, you make a profit of $400. The most common denominator between all of these different types of investments is that they all appreciate in value over time. So your new Honda Civic car that you just bought, unfortunately, would not be considered an investment. Because the moment that you purchase it and drive it, the value of your car will depreciate significantly. And in a few years, you'll only be able to sell it at a lower price than what you bought it for. Investing your money is an essential pillar to master your money, but it won't solve all of your problems alone. If you don't have a lot of money to invest initially, then investing isn't going to help you much. In later episodes, I'll be breaking down my unique investing philosophy, so make sure you're subscribed so you're notified when I release that episode. The third pillar to master your money is to make money. When it comes down to it, making money is in direct proportion to how much value you provide. For example, if you're a cashier at a grocery store, this is an easy skill to learn, and you're probably going to be paid a minimum wage. In contrast, a heart surgeon who spent years learning about the anatomy of the human body and even knows how to save someone's life is going to be compensated quite fairly for it. So these are all skills, but the amount that you are paid is based on the value that you're providing. There are three main ways that you can make money. The first and most common way is by working for someone as an employee. You show up to work with specific duties and responsibilities and you get paid for it. You can get paid on an hourly basis or salary. 
my mom is a nurse and she gets paid per hour. So she comes in for eight hours, she'll get paid for eight hours. She only works for four hours, she'll only get paid for four hours of work. In my nine to five job as a financial analyst, I get paid a salary. So whether I work 40 or 60 hours, I get paid the exact same amount. The second way to make money is by having a business or side hustle. For example, freelancing. When I was in university, I used to build websites for small businesses and I would get paid on a project basis. If I didn't get any clients or new projects, I didn't get paid. The third way is through investments. Your investments can pay you and can be another source of income. For example, your stocks can pay you something called a dividend, which are typically paid out on a monthly or quarterly basis. Another example is rental income. I'm friends with a lot of real estate investors where they purchase a property not to live in, but as an investment. They rent out their investment property to a tenant, and the tenant not only helps to pay off the mortgage, but any money left over the investor gets to keep. So there are many ways to make money, but they are not all equal. Making $100,000 at your 9-to-5 job is not the same as making $100,000 in your business or from your investments. And the reason for this is taxes. Let me share a story. One of my students in the Plant Your Money program is a doctor, and he makes a lot of money. I was shocked at how much money he made. It was in the mid-six figures. When I saw how much he was making, I thought for sure he would be in a very comfortable financial situation, but I should have known better. In Canada, we have some of the highest tax brackets in the world, where if you're in the highest tax bracket, you could be taxed at more than 50%. To put this in perspective, if you're working eight hours a day, you're only really working four hours a day for yourself. And if you're working 12 months a year, you're working six months for yourself. And if you're working 10 years, you're only working five years for yourself. Isn't that ridiculous? So about 40 to 50% of my students' income was going directly into taxes. So although he was making a lot of money, he wasn't keeping it. And as Robert Kiyosaki would say, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it doesn't matter how much money that you make. It matters how much money that you keep. And that leads us to the fourth pillar, which is to maximize your money. As I mentioned before, not all income is treated equally. And I'm sure you can see this from the example I mentioned above. Out of the three types of income, employment income is taxed the most heavily. I won't go into the details today, but business and investment income are taxed a lot more favorably. And guess which type of income rich people rely on? Yes, they rely on business and investment income. One of my friends has a very successful family business. And a few times a year, he told me that his family has to eat at this very fancy omakase sushi restaurant. And the reason is so that they can expense the dinner as a business expense. So they pay less taxes. In contrast, The average person will work hours and overtime at their 9-to-5 job to maybe afford a fancy dine-in restaurant maybe once a year or for a special occasion. 
I want you to see the contrast between how rich and poor people manage their money. A lot of people think rich people are rich because they are hard workers. But if this was really true, they would be sleep deprived and they would have so many health conditions from working 24-7. But all of the wealthy and successful people I know don't do that. They make a lot of money while spending time with their family and doing fun things. And the reason they are able to do this is because they work smarter, not harder. While employees are working 40 plus hours, they are only working for themselves 50% of the time. Meanwhile, rich people are only working 20 hours but keeping most of their money. Taxes is honestly such an underrated personal finance topic, but it is so important. That's the reason why in my Plant Your Money program, I have a huge emphasis on taxes and teaching my students how taxes work because knowing how taxes work significantly influences the financial decisions that you make. So now that you know about the four pillars, which is how to save, invest, make, and maximize your money, you pretty much know how to effectively manage your money. But you're missing an essential pillar to master your money. The last and the most important pillar to master your money is your mindset, specifically your money mindset. Your money mindset is your conscious and unconscious beliefs that you have about money, which influences every financial decision that you make. And you might be saying, oh my gosh, Michael's talking about some crazy, airy, fairy stuff. But honestly, if you had talked to me a few years ago, I would have thought the exact same thing. But from my own experiences and from coaching my students, I realized how important your money mindset is. I came to the conclusion that if you don't focus on your mindset, then it doesn't matter if you know how to save, invest, make, or maximize your money. None of these skills matter if you don't manage your mindset. Let me give you an example. So I was coaching one of my students in the Plant Your Money program, and I taught her everything I know on how to invest, from the fundamentals, asset allocation, rebalancing, everything. And she came to me, and she was like, I don't want to invest. I'm not ready. And I asked, okay, why do you not think that you're ready? And she, she was like, oh, I'm scared that the market is going to crash and I'm going to lose all of my money. And I'm like, okay, well, let's say the market does crash and your investments drop from $10,000 all the way down to $5,000. How would that make you feel? And she was like, oh my gosh, I would feel horrible. I would feel so much shame. I would feel so much guilt. And then I asked her a follow-up question well, how can you be okay with your investments being down? And she was confused. She's like, how am I supposed to be okay with my investments, with losing money? And then I asked her a question. I'm like, okay, when do you need the money? And she was like, okay, I need the money in 10 years when I want to buy my house. And I asked her, do you think the market will recover within these 10 years? And she knew the answer to this because I taught her. And she was like, yes. She learned that recessions and market crashes typically only last one to two years. And recessions are a normal part of the market cycle. And within these 10 years, there'll probably be multiple recessions and booms. So I asked her again, 
If you only need this money in 10 years, and you know the market will eventually recover within these 10 years, what are you afraid of? And she said nothing. Because she realized this was an irrational fear created from her mindset. And this is an example of how your mindset literally influences every financial decision that you make. In this situation, my student knew exactly what to do for her unique situation because I taught her how to do that. But she was still scared and almost didn't do it because she wasn't managing her mindset. And if I didn't ask her those questions and bring to her awareness that her fears were irrational and made up by her mind, then she would have never found the confidence and courage to actually invest her money. And if she never invested her money, this would negatively impact her financial reality. This is why I coach my students on both the strategy and the mindset. Because if you only focus on the strategy and not the mindset, you'll know exactly what to do and how to do it, but you won't actually do it. You won't actually implement what you've learned. And as a result, it won't change your life. As we come to an end, I want to remind you that mastery over your money includes both how to manage your money and your mind. It requires both. If you only focus on your money mindset, you still won't know what to do with your money. But if you focus only on managing your money and not your mindset, you won't be able to implement any of the strategies you've just learned. I found out the secret from coaching my students. I was a good coach when I focused solely on teaching my students how to manage their money. They learned a lot, but they didn't implement a lot of what they've learned. But when I started coaching on their mindset and teaching them how to manage their money, my students started to get insane and mind-blowing results. To become a true master over your money, you need all five pillars. You need to learn how to save, invest, make, and maximize your money while managing your money mindset. Thank you so much for listening to episode number two of the Mastery Over Money podcast. If you found any value with this episode, make sure to subscribe and I'd love it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps me reach and help more young professionals such as yourself. Also, share this episode with a friend who you think would find this episode valuable. Lastly, if you want to learn how to manage your money and your money mindset, I encourage you to apply for the Plant Your Money program. It's a 12-week one-on-one coaching program with me where I teach you how to have mastery over your money and start living a life of financial freedom. To apply, either shoot me a DM on Instagram at Michael Lee Kim or book a call with me at lifeplanting.com apply or by using the link in the show notes. That's it for today and I'll chat with you next week.